Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. We're so glad you tuned in today, and if you're in the area, come out and join us at our new home, located at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. If you are unable to attend, you can tune in on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. And don't forget to join us for our worship on Instagram Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, 30 minutes before the YouTube broadcasts. We would also like to encourage you to check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org where you can keep up on the current messages, ministries, and happenings at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills. Today our teaching is in the book of 2 Kings chapter 18. Here's Pastor Ryan. It's nice to come to church and see a parking lot that's full and just is such a beautiful sight to see God's people hungry to study His Word and to worship Him. What's beautiful about the Word of the Lord, it's it's so comforting, it's so reassuring, it, it gives us strength, and our trust is in His Word, and our trust is in Him, and, and so we are blessed nonetheless, no matter what the circumstances are in this world. I will not be, I refuse to be like those pastors who try to tell their the flock of God that maybe it's time that we take our eyes off of man and back on God. Well, I know for a fact that you guys have had your eyes on the Lord the whole time, that we are a church about God's word, and as we seek the Lord, he helps us multitask in this world to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves where we can chew gum and walk at the same time we can pray for our godly president and also honor the lord so i won't be like those pastors who say oh you got to take your eyes off of trump now i know your eyes are on jesus but we were praying for trump because he's pro-life because he's pro-biblical marriage uh, he's pro the Christian faith and various other reasons. And so, um, it's, so I won't be that guy. I'm, I'm proud of our church and what the Lord has done in all of our lives. And we want to be a church that has their eyes on the Lord, but also has an eye on what's going on in our homes practically, right? In our marriages or in our singleness, in our, with our children, what's going on between the four walls of our home. But even before that, what's going on in our hearts? To come before the Lord in prayer and say, search me, O God, and know my heart. How am I doing? Am I being diligent to keep my eyes on, on the Lord concerning my heart, then concerning my home, and then concerning my church, and then concerning my town, and then concerning my state, and then concerning my country, and then concerning the world, and then praying for the peace of Jerusalem way out there as well. In the Lord, we're able to multitask. Remember the, um, the, the cherubim in the Bible with, what is it, six wings and a bunch of eyes? Multitasking. Now there is something to say for the few that do take their eyes off the Lord and they're just engulfed with everything that's going on in the world. There is something to be said about the few. But generally I just trust that, and I have seen the fruit, that you guys have had your eyes on the Lord the whole time. 
and our eyes will continue to be on the Lord as we pray for our country. I'm grateful that so much has been revealed as far as the corruption because we, I had no idea it was as bad as it, <laughs> as it is. It's good to know the state of affairs so that you're able to maneuver more wisely, right? To know the terrain that you're dealing with. And now, oh yeah, the can of worms is way open, but uh, we need to keep being patriots. We need to keep loving our country and praying for it. Because as in the book of Kings, God can do miracles even when things are, are, are not where they need to be in a nation. Amen? Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 18, please. 2 Kings chapter 18. And Father, we do thank you again this evening for your goodness in our life. Lord, you have blessed us with such a wonderful house to worship. I, we are all in awe every time we come, and it's a... A miracle that you have done. You did it, Lord, at the most unlikely of times where when churches were locking down and closing up and and many had nowhere to go for those who wanted to stay open. And yet, Lord, you provided this amazing place. It was you. It was you as a sign to us. I believe that you are you were pleased with us. Not that we're perfect or sinless or better than anybody else, but Lord, you, you are pleased with your children when they do the right thing. When we seek your face, when we come into your house and worship you and stand strong according to your word, you build the house, Lord. You, you build the life, and we're grateful tonight for this place, Lord. Speak to us as we study your word. Holy Spirit, guide us, for without you, Lord, we're, we're lost. So, Lord, give us direction, and bind Satan and his lies tonight, and free us up to receive your word, and for your word to bear much fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So it's been a while since we've been in First and Second Kings, and for those of you who may not know, First and Second Kings is the history of the kings of Israel and the kingdom of Israel. The Israelites were divided into two kingdoms. They were divided into two kingdoms because of apostasy, which means they had turned away from the Lord. God promised them blessings beyond belief. All they had to do was honor His word. But we see in the history of the kings, in First and Second Kings as we study, that if a king decided to honor the Lord, then their lives were blessed and they're, they're in a personal sense, but also the kingdom, the nation was blessed. It all had to do with, with how the king wanted to live his life. And so we see that the kings of the north continually didn't want to walk with the Lord. Even though God had blessed them with the land of milk and honey and had prospered them, they, they would not. And in the southern kingdom of Judah, from time to time, they would have a good king. And so the lesson in First and Second King for us, no doubt, continually is choose for yourself this day who you're going to serve. If you're going to honor the Lord, live for him, then you should expect in the long run tremendous spiritual blessings and physical blessings and blessings just will come. But if we choose to not walk with Jesus, if we choose to do our own thing, then we can just expect the chastening of the Lord or, or you know, the spanking of the Lord or judgment. 
So we want to choose. We want to choose wisely. And again, how went the king, went the nation? And I think the, the, the same is true today. I think that a nation that fears the Lord is supernaturally blessed of the Lord. But if a nation rejects God's commandments, then that nation gets into spiritual trouble. And I think our nation is in deep trouble. We have watched uh, over the last, you know, 20 years, you know, presidents that we thought were legit and like pro-life, not stand up for pro-life. Presidents we thought were for pro-biblical marriage between a man and a woman, we thought they were down only to change their minds and do their own thing, things that were against God. But there's a remnant in our country, and I believe that we are it, those who love God, those who trust in, in his word and you know, and so we have to be salt and light. And, and I think that we stand in the gap for our country. And as we see, as we're going further and further into spiritual depravity as far as the, our nation, you know, and we know what the scriptures say concerning the last days, that it's gonna, things are going to get darker and darker. And as we are here, we need to be salt and light. For it's still true that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And so that's why you're here, to be salt and light. If you're watching, we're all to be salt and light. I know people don't want to get like getting political, but how can you be salt and light and not speak to the lost concerning the lives that they're living in a practical sense? You know, you talk about, they, they talk to you about their car being broken down or hardships financially wouldn't you address that scripturally and spiritually use that as a tool to share the gospel well this country is in a place of great despair and hurt and weirded out because of the injustices and what has taken place in our nation and we've seen injustice we can touch that we can we can address that and use the situation that they're in to share Jesus with them. And to share with them why you and I feel the way we feel. And how, you know, our way of thinking stems from biblical principles. And what God says about what's going on. And, and what does God say about truth? And what does God say about justice? And what does God say about babies in the womb? What does God say about marriage? And what does God, you know, all of these things are just part of life. It's not like getting political. It's what's there. And if we're going to be good fishers of men, we should understand the times that we're living in. We should understand the people who we're ministering to. And so the northern kingdom in our story has been taken, or I should say at this point in scripture, has been taken by the Assyrians. The Lord allowed the Assyrians to take over the northern kingdom of Israel because they had turned from the Lord. And it's, it's a very sad time. It's a very sad reality that happened to Israel. That ha you know, half of Israel was taken by the Assyrians. And then the Assyrians sent back people from other nations that they had conquered into that northern area of Israel and Samaria. The last king of, of the northern kingdom was a man by the name of uh, Hosea. Hosea got into his position as king by killing his predecessor through treachery. 
It wasn't like his father was king and he became king. No, he killed the previous king to be king. And so there's treachery. And then Hosea, they get dealt with by the Assyrians. And in the southern kingdom tonight, in Judah, we have a new king. And this new king is one of the most righteous kings that is mentioned in the kings of Judah. And that's where we're at. Verse 1, chapter 18. Now it came to pass... In the third year of Hosea, the son of Elah, so it goes back into his reign, Hosea, in the northern kingdom, all right, as the, as the Bible explains what's going on with this king in Judah. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abby, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. Hezekiah, guys, were introduced to this king, only 25 years old. He was a righteous king, guys, to the end. And the only, king, the only king that is spoken of more in Kings and Chronicles is Sol, King Solomon. So that's how righteous King Hezekiah was. King Hezekiah, as we just read, was compared to King David. Not that King David was his father, even though it says his father David. It's just speaking of of righteous David, who was a man after God's own heart, not perfect, but it's comparing this king to way back to the second king of, of Israel, King David, the famous one, who killed Goliath as a boy. And that was only compared to with three other kings besides him. He's the fourth one that, they, that the writer compares him to, to righteous King David. And so he's a very righteous man, not sinless, but righteous. King Hezekiah's father, though, guys, was not righteous. His father, Ahaz, we read about him. He was extremely unfaithful to the Lord. Extremely unfaithful to the Lord. I would also venture to say that he hated the Lord. He hated Yahweh. He did what was abominable, terrible before the eyes of God. It says that, he, that some of his children... He forced to be human sacrifices and passed them through the fires of Baal. Abortion. God can forgive any sin, guys. So I, I'm not knocking anyone who has had abortions. The blood of Christ forgives anything. That's why we love Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But we learn through Scripture why God's so against it. Because abortion is as old as Genesis. We just do it a lot cleaner now. But back then, if you can imagine him forcing his children to go through the fires of Baal. Lie, alive. Screaming. He did what was abominable to the Lord. It says that he took some of the gold and the silver, uh, emptied out really the treasury of the temple, and gave it to the king of Assyria. He desecrated the temple by having, if you can believe this, the high priest was also out there. The priest had turned from the Lord as well, but he had them built a pagan altar there at the temple of the Lord 
destroy the la- the the laver where where the big huge basin where they would have water there for the priests to wash their hands. He desecrated the table by having a pagan altar there, and daily they would offer sacrifices to this pagan, to the pagan gods there at the temple of the Lord. We are told that he also shut the doors of the temple to the people. So the people could not go to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. The people could not go to the temple of the Lord to get right with God, to bring their peace offerings, their trespass offerings, and all the offerings that they were called by the Lord to do. There was no feast of tabernacle celebration. There was no feast of uh, the Passover or the uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread. None of that was going on. That's who King Ahaz's father was. But yet we're told that he was righteous, which is that beautiful reality that God has given mankind. That no matter what our background or pedigree, we could have had parents that were godless who thought Christianity or going to church was a joke? We could have not had a father, not have a mother. We could have had abusive parents. We could have had terrible circumstances growing up. But the truth of Jesus Christ is that we are not in bondage to the past, to our childhood, to the choices, bad, poor choices our parents have made. We're not. We're free to worship the Lord for ourselves. So remember that as we read Hezekiah being such a righteous king, had a a, a father that was anti-God. We can be anything that we want to be in Christ. I love God because of that. My father left me at birth. My mother was disinterested. My stepfather abused me, smacked me around, full of rage and anger. At 15, I joined a gang. And I was in it till I got saved at about a month before I turned 24. I had many thoughts that God would not accept me. I had many thoughts that God could not use me because of my upbringing. And I'm living proof that it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. It doesn't matter the pedigree. If you give your life to Jesus Christ, he will accept you, love you, and he will be your mother, your father. He will be everything that you need. He is God who loves you. And in Deuteronomy 24, 16, it says, Fathers shall not be put to death for the sins of their children, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers. A person shall be put to death for his own sin. You're not responsible for your parents' bad decisions. You're only responsible for your decision. Hezekiah, at 25 years old, he's he's an amazing, godly young man at 25, kiddos. The Lord, through Paul, would say in 1 Corinthians, which is one of our famous, most helpful verses, Verses in chapter, chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. God in his divine grace, man, just said, Hezekiah, whose dad was a mess, he's going to have a different heart. I love that.
But some people are stuck. Are stuck concerning their, their, their parents and their family members. I really love the idea of Christ, but my family's giving me a hard time. If they're giving you a hard time, best thing you can do is not listen to them. I believe you me, I was told that I'm that I go to a cult. That I'm part of a cult, I should say. Why am I part of a cult? We're just reading the Bible. Cult? So if you read a math book and you study math, is that a cult as well? But we're studying the living word of God and you're calling that weird? How deceived can some of our friends and perhaps family members be when they think it's it's cold, it's dark and ominous and scary and that you read the word of God? They think that churches who do that are strange because perhaps they've come from a tradition where nobody carries a Bible. Nobody looks into it. Yeah, well, that's why there's a lot of sin there. But once we start getting in the Word, it's like, oops, ah, ee, ah, oh. Convictions and change comes. The truth sets us free. So it's okay to say to mom and dad and Theos and tias and ninas and ninos sometimes. It's not weird. It's actually weird not to do that. We were born to worship the Lord. Matthew 10, verse 37, Jesus says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Have the courage to say, nah, this is legit, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it until I'm in heaven. And it says here that in verse 4, he, Hezekiah, removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden image and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. Until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it Nehushtan. Nehushtan in Hebrew basically just means bronze serpent. Bronze serpent, they would light incense to it and bow down and worship it. So it says here that Hezekiah began to do like reforms. He began to see what was wrong with his country spiritually and began to fix things. Now, what was going on, because his father closed the doors to the church, you see, people began to worship in the high hills to Yahweh, to God, like legitimately to the God of Israel, but they weren't doing it in the prescribed way that God said to, because God said to go to the temple to worship him. But they were just worshiping him on the high hill because the church was closed. So he had those places removed, and he began to call the people back to the temple. Now, Second Chronicles chapter 29, 30-31 extensively speaks on Hezekiah's reforms. And he started, guys, in Jerusalem. He literally went in there, opened up the doors, repaired the doors. And the fact that the doors were shut just shows the animosity that his father had towards the Lord. But he opened up the doors. He had a meeting with all the Levites, all the priests, all the people who normally served in the church. He had a meeting with them and said, sanctify yourselves. You know, repent before the Lord. Because we're about to serve him. 
And you know what they did? They sanctified themselves and began to serve them. It says that they cleaned out all the rubbish. And I'm reading this and I just, oh man, I felt so blessed. I, I say about the church here, I said, our, our, it, it's like moving ready, the sanctuary. But there was just enough rubbish, just enough trash, where it feels good to clean out the church. And it's one of the joys of my whole experience with Jesus Christ that I got to experience cleaning his house along with all of you to come in, to, to move the rocks out, to clean out the classrooms, to get them ready by faith that God's people would come and worship the Lord. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio with the Bible teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein. If you're in the area, come out and join us at our new location at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. If you would like more information or would like to send a gift to the ministry, check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org or you can call us at 951-572-2309. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chapin, above.